Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about why there's no such thing as a reverse microwave for cooling. You'll also learn about how you can tell whether a life hack is worth trying from today's guest, author Joseph Regal. Let's satisfy some curiosity. You can pop something in the microwave to heat it up pretty quickly, but there's no such thing as a reverse microwave for cooling something off. And you're about to learn about the science behind why you probably won't be seeing one anytime soon. First, let's talk regular microwaves. When you pop in a bag of frozen veggies and press the start button, the microwave sends a specific frequency of radio waves to excite the water molecules in your food. Radio waves are a type of electromagnetic radiation. That's an umbrella term that includes visible light, infrared, and x-rays, all of which are a form of energy. Energy excites molecules, and excited molecules are hotter. But there's no frequency of radio waves that can calm molecules down to make them colder. Got all that? Good, because here's where things get a little complicated. Those excited molecules aren't just hotter. They're also in a state of higher entropy. Entropy is basically a scientific measurement of disorder. And according to the second law of thermodynamics, any process in a closed system progresses toward increasing disorder. That's why it's so much easier to heat food up than it is to cool it down. You can't reduce entropy, and cold things are at a state of lower entropy than hot things. Stay with me here. When you fill up an ice tray and put it in the freezer, heat flows from that room temperature water into the colder air of the freezer. That may sound like decreasing entropy, but not if you think about the entire fridge. It's using a ton of energy to take heat out of the things inside and transfer it into the surrounding air. I mean, have you ever felt how warm the back of your fridge is? So that's an overall increase in entropy. Meanwhile, the cold air is a poor conductor, meaning it doesn't do a very good job at removing heat from the water. That's why you have to wait for hours before you have solid ice cubes. Anyway, back to the idea of a reverse microwave, there are certain materials that can cool quickly, but they don't lend themselves to eating. A gas cools by expansion, which is why a freshly sprayed aerosol can feels so cold. But gas isn't all that filling compared to solids or liquids. Barring some dangerously cold substance like liquid nitrogen, nothing can instantly cool food the way a microwave can instantly heat it. When it comes to popsicles freezing and beer chilling, you'll just have to wait. By the way, I know we just kind of glossed over entropy, which is a very complicated topic. We're going to talk about entropy specifically a little bit more on tomorrow's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. No reverse microwave necessary. Or regular microwave for that matter. HelloFresh makes conquering the kitchen a reality with deliciously simple recipes. You can put together all meals in 30 minutes max, and you'll need less than two pots and pans. Meals require minimal cleanup, and you can even make family dinners fuss-free with HelloFresh's picky eater, kid-tested, and approved family plan recipes. It's a great way to get out of that recipe rut and start cooking outside of your comfort zone by discovering new delicious recipes. Like, I've made a lot of burgers in my day, but when I made the Juicy Lucy burger with tomato onion jam and sweet potato wedges from HelloFresh, it raised the bar for probably every burger I ever make for family dinner forever. I even showed off by tweeting a picture and used the hashtag HelloFreshPicks, and you can join in the fun too. Talk about an impressive Instagram post. And as a Curiosity Daily listener, you can get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. 
Just go to HelloFresh.com slash Curiosity80 and enter promo code Curiosity80. One more time, for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com slash Curiosity80 and enter promo code Curiosity80. How can you know whether a life hack is worth trying? Joseph Regal is here to help answer that question in the next segment in our Hacking Thursdays miniseries. He's an associate professor of communication studies at Northeastern University, and he recently published a new book, Hacking Life, Systematized Living and Its Discontents. Today, we ask him a pretty big question. How can you tell if a piece of advice is valuable or not? This is definitely one of the puzzles of modernity uh, of the past couple of decades. We think that with all the science and technology we have out there, things are going to be so much certain. We'll have the right answer. But instead, we find ourselves very confused and perplexed, like, is coffee good for us or not? Is wine good for us or not? Is chocolate good for us or not? And this is... This is what people are trying to deal with. And Lifehacker response is to say, well, I'm going to experiment with myself. And I can understand why they can do that and why they want to do that. But it's not necessarily an easy solution. And I think we do have to be skeptical and we do have to look to the science. But we also need to appreciate that a lot of things appear as pseudoscience. So one of the things I note in the book and kind of point fun at is one of the productivity hacks that lifehacker.com has suggested is that if you want to go to a meeting and be focused, you should drink a lot of water and then hold your urine so that you won't like nod off or fall asleep because you're so, uh, so dedicated to not uh, wetting yourself. And that was based on some pretty weak science. And in fact, science, social science, medical science in general is facing this conundrum of the replicability crisis. A lot of the science out there is rather weak, and there's a lot of woo and pseudoscience about what's being reported out there. And one of the examples I talk about in the book is Amy Cuddy's posture effect. She had a very popular TED Talk, and she actually offered this this idea of taking an expansive posture as a way to boost your confidence and get jobs and all this sort of thing as a life hack in her TED Talk. I did that, actually. Sorry. I did that to get this job, and then this job taught me that that wasn't actually true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's, it's, you know, some elements were true and some elements weren't so true, but the science ended up being a lot more complicated than people were taking it for. And people, I think, pick up on some of this stuff as a little bit glib. And in doing so, I think we make it really overly complicated. So then what are people to do with all these scientific crises? If we can't root this stuff in science, it was funny when you mentioned the, the holding in urine thing to stay awake during meetings. I literally do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how unscientific it, it is or isn't. I don't know how replicable it is, but it kind of works for me. And, and I found working on this podcast, we talk about a lot of different productivity tips and some just work for me and others don't, even if they are scientifically proven to work for people. So were you able to find any correlation between what works for whom or how to assess that? It's difficult. And I don't want to tell people, for instance, I talk about this with respect to you feel cold coming on. What do you do? Some people swear by their zinc lozenges. Like I take zinc lozenges when I feel cold coming on. And I know I've looked at all the research. It's it's fairly marginal, um, but I feel like it works for me. My spouse, she drinks her hot toddy, which is like a, a booze lemon honey concoction. And she feels that words off for coals. And that's understandable. Like you don't want to have a cold. So you want to do what you can do. But the virtue of both of those treatments is that they're low cost and low risk. And so in a sense, they're really harmless. And so I think we just need to be a bit pragmatic and we see these various uh, proposals out there, how we have to change our lives. 
the life hacking response tends to be extreme because they want to be optimal and super efficient. And instead, I end up offering the suggestion that, you know, let's be practical, let's be pragmatic, let's understand what they're telling us, what their motives might be, who benefits, and let's often adopt the path of moderation. In my book, I talk about a lot of life hackers and they go to these extremes and they end up realizing like, hey, the middle way, the moderate path was actually what they were looking for the whole time. One of the things I really loved about Michael Pollan's books about food, The Omnivore's Dilemma, and some of his subsequent books, is he was able to come up with this wonderful little maxim about eating and diet. It was something like, eat food, not too much, mostly greens, or mostly Mostly plants. Yes, I love (laughs) that one. Mostly plants. There you go. And so he was able to take this whole thing that's very much, again, similar to what's prompting us to look to life hacking for solutions with respect to health, to take all of this, you know, the latest headline says, do this, do that, eat this, eat that, all these fad diets are hitting this. And he was able to distill it into some very simple, moderate, practical common sense advice. And I wish I had come up with something that pithy for each one of my chapters, but I wasn't able to do so. But still, I think that's the sort of solutions we should be looking for. The key takeaway If a life hack won't hurt you, then why not try it out? Again, that was Joseph Regal, an associate professor of communication studies at Northeastern University and author of the book Hacking Life, Systematized Living and Its Discontents. You can find a link to the book and more in today's show notes. And next week, Professor Regal will be back to talk about the dangers and drawbacks associated with life hacking. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.